everyone. Welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we're here with some advice today. We are talking about ruts. And apparently everyone is in a rut, I think myself included, because we got so many questions in what, like 12 hours from when we posted on Instagram to when we're recording right now. It was crazy. So it seems like this is a really um, popular subject. So hopefully we can give some good advice. Hopefully. I don't think we can make it through all of the questions, but the themes of the questions gave us some good ideas for follow-up episodes. And we're saving all of the questions we got, even if we don't answer them right now. Um, But thank you for submitting them. And I think we might try this some more, just like picking a broad topic and then asking for specific questions. It seems like it worked out really well. Yeah, this was fun. So this is another remote episode, if you can't tell. I'm in a closet in Florida, and Grace is and in I'm Brooklyn. at the table, missing Becca. But we have wine. Yes, we both have wine, and we had a little Google Hangout before we recorded, so it was like we're together. Yeah, there's nothing like drinking wine in a closet to feel well-adjusted. That's who you want your advice from. Yes. <laughs> it's not great. So before we get into it, should we do some highs and lows? Yes, let's do it. Becca, what was the best part of your week? So I still don't have very many highs. Things are tough going here in Florida. But, and this isn't going to sound like a high, but (laughs) my uncle's best friend came down from Connecticut um, and is staying with me. And you might not think that having a new 70-year-old roommate that you don't really know is a high, but I am so grateful to have someone else to go out to dinner with and to have somebody to commiserate about how awful this is. So it is my high, but my bar for highs is pretty low right now. So I have someone else. I'm not alone anymore. That's a high. I'm just really glad you're not alone. Yeah. What's your high, Grace? Give me a real high. Um, I have two. So the first was friend time on Saturday. So as I've gotten older, it's just like so hard to see my friends who are married with kids. And um, my best friend and her husband and their kids and then her sister and her sister's husband all came to Williamsburg on Saturday. And we went to Domino Park. We went to Smorgasburg. And then we all went out to dinner. We went to Gatano, which is that new restaurant that just opened up from Tulum. It was so much fun. And I haven't had like that much time with them in like years so it was so so nice um the other high was I didn't talk about this to really anyone besides Becca because I was really upset and mortified but I had this very expensive pair of diamond earrings that an ex-boyfriend had given me and I left them in um the first hotel in Asia along with all of my other jewelry and the, the hotel messengered it to my other hotel from, um, sorry, from Bangkok all the way to Koh Samui. I guess messenger isn't the right word. They mailed, they mailed them. <laughs> what a messenger. <laughs> there wasn't a bike messenger that drove across the oceans. <laughs> but um, so I got all the jewelry back and the diamond earrings were missing or so I thought. But then yesterday I found them actually taped inside of another pair of earrings like ever so carefully so I have my diamond earrings back I actually was like trying to be really mature and adult about this and I was like well maybe that relationship is over so this is meant that these earrings are supposed to go out into the universe like and I'm not meant to have them anymore but I'm really happy I have them back because diamond earrings are diamond earrings 
first of all, that's the most mature reaction. And second of all, when you told me this story yesterday, it honestly like gave me faith in humanity that somebody didn't steal your diamond earrings and returned right? them to you very carefully. And taped tapes them so carefully to another pair of earrings. Like, I was blown away. I was for certain. I was like, well, maybe, like, whoever has them, like, needed them. Like, I don't know. That's a very really gl- mature, like, the universe will provide, the universe will, it will all be okay way of thinking about things. Yeah, and jewelry from exes is always weird. Like, I have a lot of nice things, and I kept most of them with the exception of like a Cartier love bracelet because like a love bracelet is not something that you hold on to (laughs) but um it's it's like what do you do with it do you keep it do you keep wearing it like at this point I don't even I don't think about him when I wear it I just think about they're my earrings like but still yeah so maybe for Lowe's I should go first and then you can come in after and like bring it up a little okay yeah I I think that's a smart a smart move let's go with that so my low my low is everything still but my uncle is really not doing well uh we put him in hospice on thursday and uh they're keeping him comfortable they're uh, they're saints of human beings all of the nurses there but i am having the most visceral reaction to being there it is, it's a nice place. It's beautiful grounds and all of the rooms are set up like bedrooms. I am so creeped out by this place. I cannot explain it. I just, it makes me want to cry when I go there. I, oh my God, it gives me hives. I, oh my gosh, I just hate this place. And I, I mean, I, I'm sure everyone who goes there hates it, but oh, like there's something about it that is just like makes my skin crawl and oh. I do not like it. I was not having the same reaction to the hospital, but I texted, I don't know if I texted you or I texted Jackie. I texted somebody on Thursday night when I was there that I was crying in the bathroom and I was like, I I can't even explain it, but this place just, you know, makes me feel weird. Yeah. You, I was, I think that must've been Jackie. I didn't get that text, but that's, I can't imagine. It sounds awful. Yeah. So bring us up a notch. Give me your low. My lows feel really, really, really effing unimportant right now. But I will tell you them because it's just like real stupid. Um, It's not real stupid. That's the thing is, is like just because I'm going through something doesn't mean that what's making you sad is less valid. My lows are I have two. So the first one is I'm feeling down about dating. Um, I like was talking to a guy that I thought seemed really promising and then he sent me something that was just like it made me realize like he just is not (laughs) the person for me um it just feels like everyone I match with or meet is either like much younger than me like 32 or much older than me like 48 and I'm just like wondering where are the men who are like I don't know from like age 35 to age 42 that like want an actual serious relationship like I don't think they exist or at least I don't like the ones that do exist um it's just it's dating is just so hard especially in New York especially trying to date in the summer like I don't even know what I'm why I'm doing this like I should just focus on traveling and podcasting and blogging and like be done with it but it's hard dating is 
the hardest. I I completely agree with that. It's and it's such a grind. I I keep waiting for somebody to invent something that's better than dating apps. It is it's just so much effort and there's so many bad dates that you have to sift through or bad matches that you have to sift through to so meet many. anyone. It just it uh I am totally there with you. Oh wait. Can I tell you something? Yes. So a couple, a week ago or two weeks ago, I was in Florida and I was really bored. And uh, on a group text I had with my friends, somebody suggested that I check out South Florida dating apps. So I got really oh. bored and I had some wine. And so I logged onto South Florida dating apps. And first of all, there are some very interesting rednecky people. The other thing. Sorry, what is a South Florida dating app? Is that a special dating app or is it like Bumble but in South Florida? No, no, no. It was just Bumble in South Florida. Okay. But the one thing that I noticed was that all of the men had listed in their bio as like something they were interested in as healthy eating. All of them. All of them had healthy eating listed as an interest. And I thought it was so interesting because in New York, I don't think anyone, not nobody but like almost nobody would say healthy eating is one of my interests everyone's like I'm a glutton I'm a human trash basket that I want to eat all of the best things but then I'm going to just starve myself or you know go to Barry's boot camp or find another way to stay in good shape but I don't think anyone I've ever I don't know if I've ever seen that on a dating app in New York that somebody's like I'm very into healthy eating that's really funny. Yeah. I, I see a lot of like work hard, play hard. I live yes. at the gym. Yes. Like, but you never see like, I like to eat healthy. Right. Um, like everyone here is like, I like to travel and I like to eat and I like wine. Yeah. But I'm always at the gym. Yeah. Anyway, that yeah, was just a funny. theme that I thought was really interesting and different than that. I couldn't picture people saying in New York. That's really funny. Maybe you'll find like some healthy eating man down there. I don't want somebody who wants to eat healthy. I want somebody who wants to go out to really great meals. Yeah, same. It's like such a such a prerequisite for me as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else is going on with you? Um. So this is also depressing. Today, as the episode drops, it's the fourth of July, and I have no plans. None of my friends are in town. Um, the ones that are in town, like, haven't texted me back. Um, I, like, I think I'm going to be, like, either watching the fireworks alone or pretending it's not the 4th of July and just, like, watching a movie, which I don't know why I care so much about the 4th of July. I think it's because I grew up on Cape Cod and we always had, like, amazing 4th of July plans and fireworks and all of the things. And so I always, 4th of July is kind of like New Year's to me and I have no one to hang out with. So... I feel kind of lame about that, but I am going home to Cape Cod on Saturday, so I'm going to go for three nights, and that will be really nice. That'll be fun. I'm going to yeah. grill with my 70-year-old roommate and go check out the fireworks. Even I have plans. Um, yeah, even you have plans. I feel – I mean, I have Tyrion. Like, when in doubt, I always have Tyrion. So my roommate can't talk and, like, doesn't always like me and, like, ruined my Hermes blanket, but he's – He's still company. Well, should we should we get into these questions? Yes, let's do it. Wait, I think we need a little bit of desperation time first. Oh, great idea. We always leave it to yes. the end. 
So, guys, if you enjoy our podcast, please, please, please go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Um, you know, if you don't have time, just hit five stars or four stars, whatever. Five stars. Hit five, five stars. Hit five. Hit five. Do it. Um, and, like, if you're enjoying it, share it. Whenever I get – whenever someone shares it, I either try and respond or at least – or share it on my story. Get creative. Have fun with it. Um, tell everyone. Tell everyone. It's I don't have a lot of highs. Be my high. Leave us a review. I'm not yes. above that. Yes. Be like cheer Becca up. Yeah. Becca and I like, and this is not this week because we haven't gotten many reviews this week. I don't know why. Um, I'm kidding. Um, Becca and my favorite thing to do is to sit and text and read each other the re- the latest reviews. So if you want to boost Becca's morale, leave us a review. We would love that. Thanks. Oh, and and join our Facebook group. And follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I've gotten, okay. I have a lot of free time on my hands and I've gotten really into our Instagram stories. So you're missing out. Becca found a special app just to like animate our Instagram stories. They're really cool. Yeah, it's great. It's funny because I'm like the blogger social media person of the duo. I'm like, what did you, how did you do that? Please like tell me more. I'm just a girl with a lot of time on her hands. Well, I respect and appreciate that. Let's get into it. Let's get to some questions. Okay. Sorry okay, for being desperate, it. but if you leave us a review, we won't have to be. Yeah, just keep on reviewing, and hopefully someday we'll get less desperate. Yes. So the topic of all of our questions today are about burnout or change or motivation. And like I said at the top of the episode, it really feels like so many people came out with questions around this where it feels like we're all kind of struggling here. So yeah. This first question is, we combined questions, this isn't like verbatim, but um, this was the most popular topic I saw, and it was about what to do about when you uh, feel burnt out at work. So basically, people want to know, how do you deal with a job rut? Um, What do you do when you don't feel motivated by your coworkers or your work atmosphere, and how do you change your attitude to be excited to work every day? Grace, do you want to take this one first? Yeah. So I think my answer is a couple things. The first one is to try and focus on the positive. And also to think about the fact that, so you say you like your coworkers and you like the atmosphere. Like for me, if I like my coworkers and my atmosphere, I want the people around me to be happy and I want to be doing a good job for them. So that kind of, I can kind of channel that into some motivation. The other thing I would say is, acceptance like you are not going to like working every day and like take it from someone who has what everyone describes as the dream job like I work for myself I write this blog I can kind of write about anything I want I have to obviously pay the bills and what have you but I would say 50% of my job I don't enjoy doing and so what you have to do is just like I think that once you accept the fact that you're not gonna like every element of your job, you just kind of get to a point where you just are like, okay, well, I don't enjoy this, but I'm going to just motivate and get through it. And then I'll do the parts of the job I do enjoy. I also, Becca and I have talked about this before. I have a big mentality of like treats as rewards. So if there's something I really don't want to do, I get a treat afterwards. Whether that's like, if I'm on a diet, maybe that's a black coffee, but it's still a treat. Um, if, I like want to buy myself something. I'm like, well, you can have that if you do 
X, Y, and Z in like four hours of accounting and all the things that you are behind on and really don't want to do. So those are my my tips, I think. Becca, what about you? Okay. I have a few things to say here. So the first thing is that I'm going to link this article in the show notes that actually changed my life about thinking about burnout. And she has oh, a whole article. Oh, it's awesome. She has a whole um, rundown of, of thinking about burnout and how to diagnose burnout. But one of the most important things in this article is she tells you to plot everything you're doing at work into four quadrants. And I don't know if I'm going to explain this well, but basically prioritize your work into these four buckets of strategic initiatives, things that would be high impact for the company and high likelihood for success, your home runs, which are like things that would be great if they happened, but probably are, are less likely to happen. So like your moonshots kind of. Um, and then the lower two quadrants are stuff you shouldn't be doing and housekeeping. And I haven't actually written this out for myself, but I've definitely used this as a mental framework where I think a lot of times, especially as you've been in a job a really long time, you end up spending a lot of time on stuff you shouldn't be doing um, because you know how to do it. So it's just easiest for you to do it, but maybe you should delegate it or things that are just housekeeping that are being shoved onto your plate by someone else or, you know, inbound emails or things like that, that aren't high value. So actually focusing on the parts of your job that are actually going to provide value, because I think if you're, if you're seeing that what the job you're doing is having an impact, you're going to feel more motivated by it. So I'm going to link this article. If anyone is feeling this way, I highly recommend it. It actually, I think about it all the time. It, really changed how I think about things. I can't wait to read this. I feel like I need to read this. Yes, it's awesome. So that's one thing. The second thing is I think in, I guess this isn't really for like, how do you get out of being burnt out, but how do you avoid it in the first place is I noticed that everyone's so connected these days. Everyone's on their phones. Everyone's on email 24 seven. I think as a boss, you have to model good behavior where you need to make sure that you're not emailing at all hours. You're not emailing when you are on vacation. You need to like model good behavior that it's okay to be off because I have definitely gotten into cycles where I'm working on weekends. I'm working at night. I have no time off. I have no distance and it's unhealthy. And a lot of times the reason that you feel like that is because you have a boss or everyone else in the company is operating this way. And so like you're a bad employee if you're not doing that too. And I think one thing that managers need to be really conscious of is modeling good behavior and making sure not to set those expectations because I think that's really how people get burnt out. So that's one thing, but I don't know if you're already burnt out that that's going to help you. And then I think the last thing is really having a a tough talk with yourself and asking yourself what would make you feel valued or what would make you feel not burnt out. So is it that you're mad because Kevin got a promotion and you didn't? Fuck Kevin. He's a jerk. Or, you know, is it you are underpaid and you feel like you need to be making twice what you're making now in order to be happy? And are those things realistic? And you know, or is it, I want to be doing something else. And I think asking yourself if that's actually realistic within the context of your company, where 
I know somebody wrote to us before who was saying that she worked in a really, really small company and she was kind of like the slush bucket of everything that didn't have an owner. And if she was like, I want to spend 100% of my time doing something different, maybe that's not realistic. And so having a conversation with yourself about if you should be in this place and if you can get what you want, like if the only thing that's going to make you happy is a $20,000 raise and it's just not going to happen at your current company, maybe that's a sign that you need to go look for something else. And I I think the reality of the job market today and, and the way that millennials work is that people don't stay at the same place for years and years and years the same way maybe our parents did. And so I think if you're feeling burnt out, another question you need to ask yourself is if this is the place that is going to make you happy or if staying is just going to be dig you further into the hole. That was that was I a love lot. all that advice. That was a lot, but it was like really good advice, I think. This is a subject I feel really passionate about, but I guess moral of the story, read the article that I link in the show notes. It's great. <laughs> Let me know what you think. I can't wait to read that. Yeah. Okay, so the second one is for you, Grace. So in relation to blogging, how do you make content when you feel creatively stuck? And how do you keep yourself from getting stuck in the first place? And this is from somebody, I I think their name is Logan Ranhofer on Instagram. Yeah. So this was a one that got DM to me. Um, Logan is a regular blog reader and commenter on Instagram. Thank you, Logan. Um, You know how it's weird, like, how with DMs, there's certain people I feel like I know. Um, But so my biggest thing is just kind of being really proactive about this. I have a giant Google Doc, um, which is a big brainstorm. So it has tons of post ideas. It has, like, just even, like, ideas for Instagram stories. Like, it has ideas for absolutely everything because I'll be at the nail salon. I'm like, oh, I should do something about this, and I'll, I'll add that to the Google Doc. And I just constantly, constantly add to it so that there are days where I, like, I don't want to do anything but lay on the couch and, like, eat Skinny Pop and watch TV. But, like, that's not real life. I have to, I have to write my blog. Like, I work for myself, which is, you know, it's really terrifying because if people stop reading the blog, like, I have no income. So I I really try and be super proactive about this to ensure that I always have tons of ideas. Um, that and then my editorial calendar. So I I work like one to one to three weeks out on posts for the blog. So it's there is always just stuff in the works and I'm never like just thinking about what I'm gonna write for tomorrow's post. Like tomorrow's post got planned out like two weeks ago. And I think that working really far ahead helps a lot. Um, I like that a lot because just, I think there's days when you just feel more inspired and there are days where all you can do is answer emails. And so if you're far yes. enough ahead, you can actually lean into like what feels right and what you're, yeah. what the day, what you have the mental capacity for instead of trying to force something and then doing yes. a kind of half-ass job. And that way, like, frankly, also if, something happens like I get sick or like last week when I threw my back out like I was having a really hard time but I still had all my posts up because I would I work so far in advance yeah so I just think it's if if blogging is your full-time job if blogging is just your hobby like keep a brainstorm list and like post a couple times a week and have fun and like if you don't have something to say don't say it like don't put something out onto the internet if it's not like perfect but if it is your full-time job, I think it's really important to like get ahead of that and just work really far out in advance. 
I think that's good advice. And brainstorm. Yeah. Thanks. So our next question is from a reader who just graduated college. Her name's Maggie. She sent us an email with some more context, but we cut it down for length. So she said, I know you've both moved before, and I'm wondering when you know the timing was right. I've had so many relatives who've moved away from home, but my parents are really opposed to me going anywhere because they think I'll miss out on family time. I can answer this really quickly. I think you should move. You just graduated college. Go. If you hate it, you can come back, but it's never going to be easier for you to move. You probably don't have that much furniture. You don't have a job yet. It's really easy to go try something. And the best case scenario is you love it. And the worst case scenario is that it doesn't work out and that's okay. It's a lot easier for it not to work out one year out of college than it is for you to take a really big gamble and you know trade in your whole network when you are 10 years out of college. I am the biggest proponent that you should move, you should go places. I am that person that if somebody says, I just have this feeling that I need to move to Tulsa, I'm like, go to Tulsa. You need to go. Follow your gut. I think moving, I'm a... Except for me in Charleston, you won't let me move. Well, that's that's selfish. I mean, maybe as a person, that would be great for you. But like, right, for me, I don't want that. But I think you should follow your gut. Like the worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work. But otherwise, you're just going to be asking yourself, what if I went? I think Becca answered it perfectly. I think you have to, you like in life, like you have to, of course, think about other people. But at the end of the day, you're number one. And yes, your parents might be disappointed. You might miss, up, miss out on some family time. But you can always visit and you can always move back. And you'll 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 regret it for the rest of your life if you don't. Like, take a chance. You can also tell from my answers that I'm the type of person that's, like, a burn-it-down person where <laughs> I don't fear change. I'm like, let's do it. If we're not going to do it 50%, we're going to do it 150%. So I guess that that's also part of my personality, and maybe that's not yours. And if you don't want to move, that's fine. But it sounds like from this question that her hesitation is really coming from her parents, not from her own desires. Just to go on record, I'm the opposite as, as Becca, and I fear change completely. Um, I like I cried and sobbed my eyes out before moving to Brooklyn. Um, we're not even going to talk about that. Like maybe another time. I was having so much anxiety. I completely freaked out about moving to Brooklyn. So, but it's worked out great. I'm still telling you that you need to do it because I think that the best, the best things in life come from big changes, and you just have to be brave and do it. Yeah. So we're, we're both, we're different people and we both agree that you should do it. So you yes. should do it. Exactly. Grace, read us our next question. Okay. I loved this one because I could really relate. Um, this one came from Jody on Instagram and she said, a few months ago, I began working from home full time. I own my own photography business, which doesn't require me to keep regular hours. However, I'm having a hard time finding, making, and sticking to a routine and schedule. How do I start the day with a positive bang and stick to a healthy work routine? Okay, so I'm going to go first because I have a lot of experience with this. I, um, on my blog recently, probably like maybe two months ago, I did a day in a life post and I talked about this in a lot of detail. But when I first quit Bobble Bar, I was a nightmare. I would stay up until like two, because I'm naturally a night person. So I would stay up until like two or three in the morning, writing my posts, drinking wine. I was like, I'm more creative at night. Like, this is better for me. 
And then, of course, I wouldn't get up until like 10 a.m. I would be so stressed out because my inbox would be full of emails that I hadn't answered. I like then like when do you even work out? I'd work out like in the evening, but I was just like I was a constant scramble and I just felt like I was wasn't productive, like I was always behind and I just felt kind of gross. Um, so what I end up doing and the biggest realization I've had from being self-employed is that you have to treat it like a nine to five. And I'm not saying like create your own nine to five, like because there are so many perks of being self-employed. Like I could go to Asia for two weeks and I worked while I was in Asia, but on your, during your regular routine and your regular days, like you need to just make sure that you're treating it like a nine to five. So now I'm up, I'm up by like six 30. I'm at the gym at seven. I'm home at my desk by nine and I work. I take a lunch break. I try and finish by six. Sometimes if I'm like not feeling well, I will take a break and like read or take a nap. Like I'm just being really honest with you. Um, And then that night I might have to do a little little bit more work. But I just think that sticking to normal conventional business hours as closely as possible is going to really help you. And it might be hard to motivate at first and get there. Like I was like, I was very, very resistant to this at first. Like I was like, oh, what's the point in working for myself and having to pay my own benefits and all these things if I'm just treating it like a nine to five. But at the same time, like there's, you're just so much better off. You're so much more productive. Like there's a reason that work hours are from nine to five, like, or nine to seven or whatever, whatever, whatever your hours are. But I just think it's so, it, it's going to help you be a lot more productive. I, Becca? I don't know that I have, an answer to this because I haven't actually gotten to the part where I'm self-employed. I will say one thing that helps me immensely when I'm doing independent work, and I've mentioned this before, is put it in your calendar as if it's a as if it's a meeting. So if you need to spend two hours editing photos, put two hours in your calendar and at the end of it, stop. And I think that helps you to figure out how much time it takes you to do certain things so you can plan better. And then it also means that you're not just responding to emails or, you know, cleaning your bathroom and actually doing what needs to be done. And if you plan your calendar out at the beginning of the day or at the beginning of the week, I think you can try to, after a few weeks, create a system where you understand how much time needs to be devoted to each task. But I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to independent work sometimes. And I think putting things into your calendar makes you take it more seriously. I don't know. That's my only tip. But we'll see. Ask me oh, again in another two months. Thing, another thing, and we can put it in the show notes, is there's this article that I saw on, I want to say it was the James Clear website, and I read every one of his articles because they're so brilliant. But it was this article that said that the night before you, like when you're closing down your computer and stuff, so say it's like 7 o'clock, you write down like the top five things you have to get done the next day. And in the morning, you do that before you do emails or anything. And that's like the best way to to prevent procrastination and to just like be more productive in general. I can see that. I don't know that I would feel comfortable with that, not checking emails. But you I can, can see you that can still being good check emails, But it, like maybe make that as like your priority. Yeah. Yeah. I hear yes. that. Yeah. On to our next productivity question, or our next rut question. So this one is about the gym. So how do you guys get back into gym routines after a long time? 
I got married two months ago and I've really been avoiding the gym, but I've also been down about my weight and overall wellness. And it's just been the hardest thing to get back into it. And this is from Zarin712 on Instagram. So can I take this one first? Yeah. Okay. I will say the same thing that I said to the last person about putting in your calendar. So I can't go to the gym. I'm only a group exercise person. Well, when I'm not in Florida and having it in my calendar and having it be something that I need to do in my day and also having the, the reverse incentive that I'll get charged if I miss the class is huge for me. I will find a way to say that I'm going to do it later or that I can't do it tonight if I don't have it in my calendar. So actually planning ahead and having that like negative reinforcement of I'm going to lose 20 bucks if I cancel is is really big for me. So that's one thing. The other thing for me, I think this came from a Gretchen Rubin book from The Happiness Project, maybe, where she talks about how there's two types of people. So there's moderators and there's abstainers. So a moderator is somebody who can buy ice cream and say, I ice cream is my favorite food. I want to lose weight. So I'm only going to have one spoonful of ice cream a night. An abstainer is somebody who can't buy ice cream at all because they can't control themselves. And if there's ice cream in the house, they're going to eat all of it. So they say, I'm, I want to lose weight. I'm not going to eat any ice cream. It can't be in the house. And with working out, I feel like sometimes if I give myself an inch, I'll take a mile. So if I'm not going to do it, I, like I need to have really hard and fast rules. So it's like, I will work out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday come hell or high water, or I will work out every weekday or whatever it is. But if I say I'm just going to work out three days a week, I'll always tell myself that I'll do it a different day. So I need really firm rules or else I will find a way to like weasel my way out of it. So that helps me to like be very, very regimented about it. Um, But I think once you get into the habit, it's always harder to start it than it is to continue it. Like endorphins are real. You will feel better. Hopefully you will see progress and then you'll want to keep working out but kicking it off is always the hardest part I totally hear you I love all of your advice I would add a couple things um one thing I would say is um having some way of staying accountable so for me back in December like I like I'm usually like pretty into fitness and I just like went through this period basically when I moved last April all the way into the fall, I just like completely lost interest in it. I was like, I, I'm good. I don't want to exercise. I just have no interest in this. And I felt really bad. Like going up subway stairs was hard. Everything was harder. So I started on my blog, I started this winter wellness challenge. And that really helped me because every week I was kind of reporting into my blog readers what I was doing. But I think that this is something you can apply to your friendships. Like find a friend who also wants to get back into shape or something and keep yourselves accountable. You don't have to work out together, but it could be like me being like, Becca, did you exercise today? Grace, did you exercise today? And just like texting each other. I have, this is the stupidest thing ever, but I have this group text chain with um, some of my friends from LA and Ireland. And literally every time we're at the gym, we send a stupid gym selfie, like a mirror selfie or a picture of us working out. And it's like, oh, you didn't check in today. So I think it's really great having somebody to like help keep you accountable. Um, and I think, yeah, th- that's my big one. Um, but it does get so much better because I saw this question at first and it was like, 
I don't understand. I was in Asia two weeks and I couldn't wait to get back into shape. But then I thought about it and I was like, oh yeah, remember when you didn't exercise for like 10 months? Um, And that was much harder. So I do think that like to Becca's point, once you get into that routine and once you kind of rip off the Band-Aid and go like for like a few weeks, you're going to miss it and you're going to feel so much better. So... Yeah, you're, it's going to get way easier. So don't think that it's always going to be as hard as it feels right now. Yeah. 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 So we have one last question, uh, similar vein. So we also had a lot of questions about food ruts and unhealthy eating habits. So kind of to mash together a bunch of questions, um, how do you break unhealthy eating habits? How do you tackle getting out of a food rut? Um, one person said that they've been eating healthier the last few months, but it's getting a little boring, which means unhealthy foods always seem more tempting. Also, uh, would love to know if you girls cook or order in slash pickup slash eat out more. So I will openly confess that when I'm in New York, I definitely order in pickup, eat out more. It's crazy because groceries are so expensive in New York that it actually is pretty equal to cook versus eat out usually. I mean, you could eat 30 cent ramen and that would be cheaper, but to actually go buy vegetables and meat and everything like that, honestly, it's probably about the same as something you can pick up. So I'm definitely guilty, especially when I was working full time that I would be exhausted. I would, I would get home or I would leave work. I would work out and I would get home at 9 PM and I would be starving. So, you know, I didn't want to spend another 30 minutes cooking something I wanted to just eat. Um, it's one of my goals to cook more when I'm self-employed. We'll see how that works. I, I guess I have two suggestions here. I don't know if one is medically advisable. I, I think, (laughs) oh no. Well, I know you do this too, so you're not going to disagree with me. Um, I've done a few cleanses before and I think it's really good to like do a full reset and it kind of goes back to the thing I was saying about the last question where I'm I'm an abstainer not a moderator I can't you just took my question you took my answer so I'm fully endorsing oh yeah so sometimes I'll do a cleanse and it just kind of helps me to do something enough days in a row that I feel like I reset my habits and so usually when I do that I'll do um I won't do the full cleanse, but I'll do the clean cleanse by Alejandro Younger, who I, it's goopy. It is like very hippie goop nonsense, but I've read the book. It really resonated with me. Um, The cleanse is basically two liquid meals and one solid meal, but no gluten, dairy, soy, nightshades, alcohol, caffeine, I don't know if I said sugar, but no sugar. So it's basically very clean and two of the meals are liquid, which are easier to digest. So I'll usually do that. It's supposed to be for 21 days. I think the most I've ever done it is for 12 days. Everyone around me always hates me when I do it because I don't drink coffee and I become a nightmare. But I do think a cleanse is really helpful to reset your habits, even if I don't know that it's like a magic weight loss slash, I don't know what it does for your body, but I think it definitely does something for your habits. It really helps with habits. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I would say, which is so dorky, is that I'm a really big fan of Pinterest for finding new recipes. So I'll just plug in shrimp and, you know, you find so many different 
ways to cook shrimp that maybe weren't top of mind. And there's usually, you can put in healthy with it. You could put in like two ingredients and like there's so many options. So I find Pinterest really helpful to just like source recipes when I'm feeling super uninspired and I like don't really have a direction I want to go in. Grace, what about you? I love that. So I, for resetting, I'm a huge, huge fan of cleanses. Like um, my old nutritionist, his name is Charles Passler. It's P-A-S-S-L-E-R. And he has this program, which you can buy the program on his site now, but it's basically shakes and only vegetables for five days. It's much more manageable than, say, doing a juice cleanse. But by the end of the first week, you're so excited to get to eat, like, grilled chicken and, like, a little bit of cheese that you're just, like – you just feel very grateful to be able to eat that because you've been eating vegetables for so long. And I, like – I hate giving this advice, but I do think that a cleanse is such a good way to break those bad habits because it makes you – almost like just grateful to eat those things that are healthy that seem boring like as after eating a salad that only has green colored vegetables and no nightshades and everything for seven days getting to have a salad that has grilled chicken and goat cheese like that sounds like heaven so it's almost like you it changes your whole perspective it sounds a little bit disordered but I think I mean, I, I like, I love to eat like we were just talking, but when I want to really reset, I will do his cleanse for a week and then like slowly add things back into my diet, like meats and a little bit of dairy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other thing is, is I'm a really big fan of like, I call them my creative sheet dinners. I take a sheet pan and I add a protein. So like tonight I made one with chicken thighs, asparagus, which I like cut up into little pieces olive oil, and lemon. So I cut a lemon in half. For one one half of the lemon, I cut into slices. The other half of the lemon, I juiced and like spread it over the chicken. Um, it's so easy. It takes five minutes to prepare. You bake it all for 45 minutes, and you have like protein and veggies to eat for the, the rest of the week. My big thing is that if I have to prepare, so if I don't eat regularly, I will turn into – a hangry little monster that just wants to eat like 10,000 bagels. Bagels are my weakness if you haven't gotten that. And cheese and like anything that's unhealthy in the fridge. So I have to always, always have like good healthy proteins on hand, which is usually something with chicken and veggies that I just keep. I make like a big sheet pan full of it and then I have it in my fridge for, I don't know, like three or four days and then I make another one. I second Um, this. That really helps me. Becoming hangry is the worst thing that you can do. Because when I'm hangry, like, I'm not rational and I will be like, I deserve a bagel. Like, I am starving. I deserve, like, I think I deserve anything. Ice cream. Like, I just, I make terrible, terrible habits. Yeah, I feel that. Well, so those are our questions. We had so many more. Thank you for sending them to us. So we're going to save them. And I think we got some good ideas for some future episodes where we can repurpose some of them. Yeah. But should... We talk about our obsessions and Instagram and reading. Yes. Becca, what are you obsessed with right now? Okay. This one's a little little lame. So I'm obsessed with a Starbucks iced coffee that you get in a jug from the grocery store. So as background, I don't actually really like Starbucks coffee. It's like too strong. It always tastes a little burnt to me. It's not great. But they have iced coffee in like, I guess you'd describe it as 
similar to an orange juice jug. It's probably like four or five big cups of coffee. It's so good. It's like $5 for a container. So at home I have oh, a... I've only had the cans. No, this is totally different. It's like not flavored. Oh. It's not... It doesn't have all that... Like the... Ener- I, I know what you're talking about. Like the energy shot ones or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, this is just iced coffee. It's so good. And at home I have like a grind and brew coffee thing that grinds beans. And here I've just been buying it at the grocery store, but I'm really obsessed with it. I think I'm going to go look for it when I'm in New York. Um, That sounds amazing. So that's my $5 I, lo- I mean, I love... I love coffee and I, I don't discriminate against Starbucks. I'm more of a Dunkin' Donuts girl because I'm from Massachusetts. I love Dunkin' Donuts. I had Dunkin' Donuts today oh. too. I love Dunkin' Donuts. Like when I go to the airport, I get so excited to have Dunkin' Donuts. What's your obsession, Grace? Okay. So you guys know that I love Lauren Everts from The Skinny Confidential. And Becca, I know you were talking about last week that you love her podcast. Um... So Lauren and I probably style-wise couldn't be more opposite, but I do think that she's like my Kardashian-esque soul sister. We're both so into skincare. And so for the past three or four months that I've been reading her site, she has been raving about this Clarisonic facial massager. And this thing is on Amazon, and it's $350, And I was like, I want this. I want this. I want this. And I just, every time I put it in my Amazon cart, I I took it out because I was like, I am not spending $350 on a facial massager. Well, my friends, I bought it this week and I texted Becca. I was like, I don't know if this is a high or a low in my life, but I bought the face massager off of the Skinny Confidential and I spent $350 on it. It is wonderful. And I think like if your face gets bloated, so my face can get super bloated and puffy, especially like if I have salt, if I fly, which I've been flying a ton this month, um, all of the things. And it just like it drains out like all of that puffiness in your face. They say that um, regular facial massage stimulates collagen production and like helps with anti-aging, which we love. I love my facial massager. It was the best purchase that I have made in a long time. And I will also say that it's not just a facial facial massager. It has a brush to, to like Clarisonic scrub your face and then also a body brush to like scrub your body with. I literally did not know what you were going to say. I couldn't imagine what other thing it did. I was like, is it also a vibrator? Like what else does it do? I know. Honestly, it could be a vibrator, I think. I have not tried it, um, but I think it... I'm just being honest, like it could be a vibrator, like the way that it pulses your face, like you could probably use it down there. I'm not going to, it's for my face, but it, um, it has a lot of other uses that aren't vibrate, aren't for, (laughs) aren't for sexual pleasure. (laughs) Yes. It has a lot of other uses that are all PG rated. (laughs) It's a wonderful product. I'm going to do a whole big post about it on my blog, but like. You guys, I love it so much, and I'm so glad I bought it. Well, give us a cheap like, too. What do you love on Instagram this week? Um, so this is an old one, but I haven't talked about it here. This has been one of my favorite Instagram accounts for ages, and I was like kind of scraping the barrel this week. I'm like, what? who do I like on Instagram? And then I remembered Design Boom. It's just at Design Boom, B-O-O-M. So Design Boom is just Full of amazing inspiration from all over the world. It's 
it's usually buildings and architecture and what have you, but I'm obsessed with it. It's my it's been one of my favorite accounts for a long time and I forgot about it until I um needed an Instagram account for this week. Okay. Becca, what about you? Okay, so mine is uh, at this is new money. So this is a something that a friend of a friend started and the whole uh, account slash movement is about promoting financial literacy for women. So closing the pay gap, helping women to understand debt and investing and getting women into cryptocurrency. So first of all, I love the message and intent behind the account, but they have awesome content. They have such Ooh. good like memes or quotes on yeah, there. Yeah, their memes have, are like on fire. Yeah, they have really good stories. It's something that I followed because it's something that it, a friend of my a friend of a friend started, but I actually legitimately love it. Like I feel like my mind is just in the gutter this episode, so I'm just going to roll with it. But they have one that says, "I like my debt like my men, low maintenance, stable and goes down on me every day." I just read that one as we were on the same page. I, I literally just read that one and almost laughed out loud as you were saying it. Love it. Love I'm this account. I'm going through this on my phone. Love there, this account. I love this account. Oh, my and God. Love what it's trying to do. So yeah. highly into it. Let's get into reading, Grace. Tell me tell me what you read. Um, You guys, I have been really struggling. I just feel like... So the last two books that I read, which were Vicious and The Oracle Year, I felt like just okay about those. Like I thought they were good, but um, like they didn't like knock my socks off, right? So then I started reading um, Indecent, which I talked about in last episode. And you guys, I just, I hate abandoning a book. Like I feel like beholden to the book. Like I have to just like power through. And I did that with the... Um, last Jessica Knoll book, The Favorite Sister, and I just make myself finish. And then I never even feel good about it afterwards. Like, I'm just like, why did I do this to myself? I just lost, like, I don't know, like lots of hours reading. So I, I put down Indecent and just was like, we're going to part ways because the main character I found to be just so deeply unlikable, so neurotic and weird, like, and, and not in an endearing good way. I just, like, hated her. It wasn't the fact that she was sleeping with her student. I like creepy. I like weird sex stuff. Like, I just, like, hated her. And so I, um, I had to put it down. So I just started reading a book called Mine, M-I-N-E, and it's a thriller where it's a lawyer who um, starts sleeping with one of her clients who she's a divorce attorney lawyer. And so he's going through this messy divorce and like they kind of like fall in love, but also suddenly the um, his ex-wife gets murdered and she's kind of like an unreliable protagonist kind of like the girl on the train. So we're like, did she do it? Did he do it? Who did it? And I'm only about 40% into it. And it's just okay so far. Like, I like it, but it's not the best thriller that I've read. Um, I, like, really need to read a book that I'm just, like, super wowed by. And um, everyone keeps telling me that I need to read Something in the Water, which was Reese Witherspoon's latest book. It's a thriller. And so I think I might just order that, despite the fact that I have a to read pile that is five piles. 
I'm just having a hard time, like, because nothing is making me excited to read. So I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just watch TV because, like, I hate all these books. You need to read something really good. You should order that or it's not a thriller, but I loved Matchmaking for Beginners that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I think you would like I'm that. I'm going to add that to my Amazon. And I did just order three books from Book of the Month. I talked about that in the Facebook group, but... I feel like in a reading rut, like we're talking about ruts this week and I'm like really upset by a lot of the books I'm reading and I feel, I still feel guilty for abandoning Indecent. Like it's a hardcover and I paid for it with money and I feel distraught. Maybe that's a chain we should start on the Facebook group. What's the best book that you've read this year? And like, yeah, you know, for anyone else who's in a reading rut, like not what did you read most recently? What's the best thing you read this year? Yeah, I just need, like, a very good book. I'm putting matchmaking for beginners and something in the water in my cart. But then Indecent, I, like, just thought that was going to be low-hanging fruit because it's gotten so much press. It's awful. That's how I felt about Hey Ladies. It got so much press, and I thought it was awful. Ugh. I still get DMs from people telling me to read Hey Ladies. No, somebody somebody DM'd me this week, and they were like, I didn't listen to you, and I should have because I'm 80% through it, and I hate all of them. And I was like, yes, That's girl. That's funny. Thank you. I mean, generally, I trust your opinion. The whole the hating game thing really threw me, but um, otherwise, I trust you. Okay. Oh, but guys, tell us, like, what's really good because I need something that is just going to make me fall back in love with reading. I'll always love reading, but lately, I'm just like, no, not again. It sucks to be on a bad streak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I finished, I was talking about last week that I was reading a book called Hot Mess by Lucy Vine. So I finished it. It's this British rom-com, which is definitely my genre. I love, for some reason, I love British rom-coms. Overall, I would say it's like three and a half stars. It's not life-changing, but it's so cute and mindless. And I really liked it. It was what I wanted. And I I was talking about this last week, but there's this whole subplot of her dad writing this knockoff book of Fifty Shades of Grey, and I was crying laughing. It's, like, it's intentionally terribly written. It's so funny. So three and a half stars, but, like, not in a bad way, just in a, this isn't going to change your life, but if you want something fluffy, this is perfect. So I finished that yesterday, and then I started, uh, oh, I have an advanced copy of The Proposal by- Wait, how did you get that? I got it on NetGalley. What's NetGalley? It's uh, like the digital version of getting an advanced reader copy. Oh. So you can submit. Bec- and if you get approved, you can submit for advanced copies of things. And it downloads to your Kindle. Oh. So Fuck, I need a Kindle. Because I saw this and I saw your notes. And I was like, I because I love this author. Like, I loved The Wedding Date. And I was like, did I miss this? Did Becca get sent it and I didn't get sent it? Like, I, w- I felt very distraught. No. Sorry, we'll go back. No. Okay. So I got it in Eck, Ellie. It's, a, it's called The Proposal. It's the follow-up to The Wedding Date, but it seems to follow Carlos, who's kind of a side character in The Wedding Date. And I'm about 15% in, and it is so good. Like, it is exactly what I want. It's I love this author. Yeah, love it. So, so far, so good. I think it comes out in September. Really enjoying it. Oh, yeah, September 4th. It comes out. Mark your calendars. Yeah. I'm upset. I want to read it. But. Maybe I need a Kindle. 
If you're looking for something to read, you should read A Million Junes by Emily Henry, which is our book for next week's episode, which I'm going to start after this. It is a book about two feuding families, and they have teen kids, and they're both, um, they fall in love, and there's some magic subplot. I haven't read it yet, so I'm really just kind of going from what I remember of the Amazon description. Um, That's next on my list, too. I'm excited. Yeah, I've heard, I, you know, I it's one of those books that I am not super gripped by the description, but it has endless good reviews. I've had so many people who are readers that I trust recommend it to me. And then I, when we announced that it was our book pick in the Facebook group, so many of our listeners went nuts. So I'm actually really excited to check it out. It might be one of those things that I wouldn't have picked up on my own, but is like life-changingly good. Yeah. The Facebook group like loves this book. Yeah, That's really like, that's making me feel like it's going to be good because I, the Facebook group is now where I get my recommendations me too. for what to read. Me too. It's so great. So we already had Desperation Minute. So I guess join the Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, please leave us a rating, put us in your Instagram story. Yeah. And um, send us your questions. Tell us what you want to hear next. And you can follow Becca at, at Becca M. Freeman on Instagram. And I'm Grace Atwood. Yeah. And we'll be back next week to talk to you about A Million Junes. Yeah. So thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.